Hi, everyone. I am JD. And I'm Bree. You're now listening to Come Diaries. Please know that this show is explicit. We will discuss sex and other shit. So put the kids to bed, relax, unwind, and enjoy the show. Before we have sex, we must make it juicy, of course. So let's start with some foreplay. Bree, tell me tell me about your first time getting hit. (laughs) Girl, do I even remember that? I remember mine. Actually, I do. I do. It was when I was in high school and I was with my high school boyfriend at the time and he went to the school. He went to my rival school, which was like maybe 10 minutes away from my school. And I was driving at the time. So I pulled up on him at school and I'm thinking that we're going to just, you know, chill and talk or whatever, hug, kiss, girl. So my mom had a Jeep. So and that's what I was driving. So we went to the back of the Jeep and we was just talking. And then matter of fact, it was Valentine's Day because I remember giving him his Valentine gift. And girl, next thing I know, he like. Because I went to a Catholic school, we wore skirts to school. So next thing I know, he pulled my skirt up and he went in. And I was like, ah. At the, and it was at the first school? time doing it, too. Huh? At the school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his first time doing it. That was my first time getting it. Um, I ain't going to lie. I don't, I don't remember anything else. This it. Uh, so I doubt it was, like, good. Obviously, that was both our first time. But, yeah, that was that. At the school? But yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. But remember now, this is before school started. So it's like, you know, school started at like, what, 7.15? So this is like, what, 7 o'clock, 6.50 maybe? Sun barely even up. We in the student Where? parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Well. What about for- you, ma'am? For me, my first time. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, boom. This is what happened. I was babysitting my little cousins. And. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, it was this guy that lived on top of my cousin. So, when I first met him, he was like, Hey, how old are you? And at the time, I was 14. And oh I, was, I was like, I'm 14. I had like a little attitude. I'm like, I'm 14. Why? And so he was like, oh, dang, I can't talk to you. And I'm like, okay. I was busy. I remember that day. Like those kids, they were babies. So after that, I saw him again. Oh, this, when I first met him, he was with a friend. He was with a friend, so he backed off. But I saw him again, and he was by himself. And he was like, dang, you really 14? And I was like, yeah, how old are you? So he was like, oh, I'm just, I was like, I'm 19. And I was like working at ABC Liquor because he had on a uniform. And so he laughed, and he was like, now nah, I'm 22. And I was like, mm. So <laughs> I cannot believe I'm saying oh, this on air. Yeah. So, we ended up exchanging numbers. Um, He had a baby. He just had a baby. And him and his baby mama was living together. And so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know the timeline, but eventually we definitely started you know, talking, and I was at my cousin's house again, babysitting, and he came downstairs, and he gave me head in their master bedroom, in the bathroom, and I felt kids were, like, beating on the door, and I was like, I want to come in, I want to come in, I felt horrible, and then the baby, like, he was, like, one, he was just boohoo crying, because he was, like, so attached to me, I was attached to him too. He was just boohoo crying. And it was just so awkward because at the time I didn't have sex just yet. And right. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, am I supposed to moan? Like it felt amazing. Like literally I suffocated my moans because I didn't know. I did not know. And he didn't know if I liked it or not. It was just a mess, but it was really good. I remember that. I remember. And funny enough, I mean, I'm just gonna stop right there, but like, I think that was enough information. But yeah, that, <laughs> that was my, that, that was it. That, that was the one. Girl, I feel like you always have some kind of spicy story. <laughs> so grown, too grown. Ooh, yes, ma'am. So now that it's juicy, let's have some sex. Many times we hear a lot about healthy relationships. So we always hear people talking about what makes a relationship healthy. And we hear those things, those keywords, you know, good communication, building trust, respecting one another and being supportive of one another. And just all of those different things to name a few. However, we never really dive into unhealthy relationships like those different warning signs to look out for, the different types of unhealthy relationships, and just really to be aware of how do you know whether or not you're in an unhealthy relationship. So we're just going to unpack that a little more. So Jazz, do you want to define abuse for us? Yeah, so you know, funny enough, um, I know coming into 2020, everyone kept saying that the word toxic was the most overused word of 2019. Um, so just so we're clear, when we talk, when we're talking about abusive relationships, we're talking about those toxic relationships. I think toxic was just a more um, social norm than abusive, mm-hmm. because when people think about abuse, they think about someone getting physically abused or getting the ass beat. So abuse or toxic is someone you're going out with hurts you or repeatedly tries to control you. And it can happen in any way, any form, and to anyone. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, digital abuse, isolation, intimidation or threats, negative peer pressure, and sexual violence. Let's go ahead and start off with addressing physical abuse because that's the most recognized abuse. So let's dive into that one first. Okay, sure. So physical abuse can include any type of physical act that your partner does toward you. So let's also remember and keep in mind that when it comes to abuse, this can happen to any partner. So this can happen in a same-sex relationship. This can happen in a heterosexual relationship. This could be done on behalf of the male, and this can also be done on behalf of the female. So let's keep that in mind that uh, abuse is across the board. So it's not specific to one gender or one type of relationship. 
Um, so again, going back to physical abuse, these include things like, you know, we know the pulling your hair, punching you, slapping, kicking, biting, choking you, all of those different things, uh, forbidding you from eating or sleeping. Uh, you know, if your partner is like, no, you're not going to eat tonight, you fat, no food for you tonight, you need to lose some weight or whatever. That's a mixture of verbal and physical abuse, um, preventing you from calling the police. You know, uh, after an altercation occurs and you're like, oh, you know, I want to call 911. This is this is too much. And they're like cutting the phone lines or snatching phones away from you, breaking your cellular device to prevent you from informing the police. That is a form of physical abuse. Also harming your children. So a lot of times, um, you know, we see perpetrators focus the abuse on their partner. But in some situations, they can direct that abuse toward the children involved in the situation. And of course, that opens up a whole nother lane of abuse. And that's when um, uh, DHR and DCS and DFACS and all of them can get involved in those types of situations. But that's, that's like a separate thing. But still, harming the harming of children, that is a form of physical abuse. Even um, another thing, too. I know we're talking a lot about someone physically touching another person, but also damaging your items or your property. So, for example, if your partner gets upset with you and they bust your TV out or they start hitting the wall, like those different signs. And then a lot of times when it starts with physical abuse, those are typical warning signs to look out for. The person may start to damage property first before they actually hit you. So those are things that you have to be on alert about when considering or trying to examine whether or not you're in a abusive situation. And just to circle back to sleeping, and it's going to actually tie into what I'm going to discuss, the emotional part. So just to paint the picture a little better, Someone forbidding you to sleep can also be manipulation. Let's just say your partner have to work late, will have to work the graveyard shift, but they have the ability to be on the phone. They can force you to stay on the phone with them. They can do it aggressively or they can do it in a manipulative tone. You're not going to stay on the phone with me. I thought you was going to ride this shift out with me. I need you. So on and so forth. Mm -hmm knowing that you have to get rest because maybe you have to get up in the morning to go to your job or take care of your small children if you are a stay-at-home mom but they are putting their wants over your needs and they're making you feel bad about it so going into emotional abuse calling you names insulting you or continually to criticize criticize you you're never going to be this what you're doing all that for why you going to the gym anybody gonna look at nobody want you but me or you really need to tighten up you you getting a fat now yes your partner should encourage you to be your best self but how are they going about doing that what are they saying to you is it helpful or is it harmful do you feel good about yourself after you leave that conversation or do you feel bad about yourself especially when it comes down to your weight um, refusing to trust you and acting jealous or possessive. The jealousy thing, it is is very is very common and something that should be really considered and not taken lightly. That's tough because I know as far as women, 
we want to feel like our man is protecting us. We want to feel that protection, but we also have to identify when protection is spilling over into jealousy. You know, it's one thing for your man to voice his opinion about certain situations or friendships or places like mm, I don't think you know it's safe for you to go to that particular establishment a lot of bad things always end up happening versus you always going there like who in there who you keep running to that's in there or it's one thing to talk about the type of attire you chose you know hmm, I don't know about that type of outfit for this specific event you sure you don't want to change you might be out of place versus where you going with them little ass shorts on what you walking around town looking like that for who attention you trying to get you know so you have to just be mindful of when it's for your protection or when it's you know spilling over to jealousy again I think the takeaway after that conversation, overall, do you feel good about yourself or do you feel bad about yourself after you left that conversation with your partner? Um, trying to isolate you from your family or friends. This is such a, this is a, don't want to say eye opener. This is something to definitely pay attention to. So yes, you will be, it's common to be in situations where your friends may not like your partner. Your partner may not like your friends. That is, I think that's pretty much normal. The reality of it is we all are not going to like each other. However, I do think the reason is important. Identify, okay, why don't you like my friend or why don't you like my man? And hear both sides out. And if it's something that can be repaired, then fine, repair it. But if not, then you have to just learn to separate. So I can understand. Well, I can't understand. I want to say I can't understand if your partner don't like your friends and your partner don't want you around your friends. Your partner have to make a decision. Either they're going to stay with you and with the understanding that you're going to be with friends that don't like your partner or your partner needs to get over it. But it's unfair for you being the the other person in a relationship to be torn between your partner and your friendships. It shouldn't be that difficult. I think a line of respect should be established. Okay, friends, don't bash my partner. Okay, partner, don't bash my friends. And keep it moving from there. Sometimes, though, that going back to the jealousy factor, a partner may just isolate you from family or friends because they just want that control. That can look like that can look like anything. Every time you're with your family or friends, is it always an issue with you and your partner? Are y'all always getting into it about something? And when I say getting into it, not necessarily you always with them. I don't spend time with you, so on and so forth. It can be the smallest, dumbest things that blow up into an argument just to get you riled up so that while you're in the presence of the people they don't want you around you're in a bad space it can be something as simple as you forgot to turn off the coffee pot first thing this morning it's now seven o'clock in the evening and you just want to say something about that now you want to pick a fight when you know I'm with my friends I've been with you all day and you didn't say anything about this coffee pot now I'm with 
this group of people and you want to argue about this coffee pot while I'm with them. Matter of fact, you waited until I either was getting ready to go to start the argument or you wait until I'm with them to call me with the foolishness. So now I can even enjoy the, the company I'm with because you have me somewhere else in a bad headspace. Look out for those type of things. That can be a form of isolation because eventually you'll be like, you know what? Let me not. I'm just going to stay home with you. You know, oh, funny enough, I saw this post on Facebook and I was shocked about how many people thought that was a sweet gesture. So mm. it was a picture of a bathroom and it was a nice bubble bath, roses everywhere, candles were lit. And the caption said, you're in the club with your friends and your man texts you this picture and says, baby, I miss you. No, it said something about come home. Mm -hmm. Are you going to stay with your friends or are you going to go home to your man? So many women said, oh, I'm going home to my man. No, absolutely not. To me. That is a form of isolation because this is the way I process that post. Assuming that we live together, you watched me get ready, take a shower, do my makeup, pull out my outfit, lotion my body, put on perfume, do my hair, talking to this friend, that friend, excited, get in my car, drive off. You, you watched me do this entire process. And you wait until I am in the company of my friends. We're out and about having a good time to pull something like that. No, mm -hmm. that's manipulative. Because mm -hmm. if you wanted to spend that time with me and you wanted to do that nice gesture for me, what you should have done or how to go about that is, baby, I know you're excited about going out with your friends tonight, but tonight I need you. I had a really bad day at work or I want to celebrate some good news with you that I just got. I'm sorry. I know that's last minute. I know you've been talking about this all week, but this is what I want to do. Or, or still do the bubble bath and the roses. You know what time the club is over. Wait until she come home and surprise her with that. Don't, don't do that because as we're getting older, it's becoming a little bit more difficult to spend time with family and friends because all of our lives are so different. Don't interrupt that on some bullshit. That's, that to me is isolation. So again, those little things pay attention to, especially if y'all live together. Yes. Even though you go to sleep with someone, you wake up with someone, y'all still need your own quality time. Plan accordingly. If someone is always interrupting your schedule when you're with your family or friends, that is a form of isolation. Monitoring where you're going, um, who you call, who you spend time with. No, no, just no. Demanding to know where you are every minute. It's one thing, hey, to check in. Hey, you okay? You good? Yes, I'm at so-and-so house now. Oh, we're about to go to the restaurant. That's fine because, you know, this, the world is so crazy. You, you, don't want to, you don't want to think that your partner is one place and they're somewhere else and something happens at place B, you know. But it's a way you do it. Don't mm -hmm. call every minute. What you doing? You still out? When you coming home? Like, it's like, what do you want? You know I am with my friends right now. Why are you calling me and texting me? Every second. What do you go get you some friends? I think that all boils down to you need to have your own life. Mm hmm. I think was it Oprah? 
Oprah interviewed Beyonce and she said, the best advice you can give anybody, it's important to have your own life before you become someone's wife. That can apply to male and female. Get a life. Don't make somebody your everything. Have your own life. Um, trapping you in your home or preventing you from leaving. I can understand that in an argument, especially if like some cheating or something happened, you know, it's like, you're not going nowhere. We're going to talk about this. I get it. But when it's becoming excessive, sometimes we have to learn it's time to walk away from this argument and we can pick back up later. All things should not be discussed in the heat of the moment. Sometimes it's okay to walk away and um, cool off. Um, definitely threats and especially using weapons to um, threaten you not necessarily they're using the weapon to harm you but they pick up a knife and they're talking to you aggressively insinuating that they will use the knife on you or whatever that object is punishing you by withholding affection so you know just if you are the type, if you're in a relationship that started off with affections, hugs, and kisses, and then your partner knows that you enjoy that, and then they take that away to punish you, that's an issue. But if you are a person who don't care for affection, then of course this would not apply to you because your partner will already know that. Um, humiliating you in any way, I mean, yes, we joke, and but you know you can sense when okay I'm not playing anymore like stop like don't embarrass me now it's crossing over to embarrassment so once you start realizing that your partner is going out their way to embarrass you that's emotional abuse blaming you for their mistakes they get they lose their job it's your fault they have conflict with their parents it's your fault they have conflict with their friendships it's your fault that's an issue um, accusing you of cheating and being jealous of other relationships that's definitely a sign of emotional abuse and typically if someone is accusing you of cheating it's because they're cheating like that's an old rule however that rule has never failed did i say that correctly their rule has never it's a good rule yeah yeah <laughs> it applies. It's, a good, it's a good rule it applies so look watch out for that um I feel like we are all adults. It's no reason why we cannot have healthy relationships with the opposite sex or the same sex if you are a homosexual. So if that becomes an issue, that's abuse. It's no reason why. I feel like unless something concrete happened between your partner and your friends, them not liking them, why? 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 What right. happened? Why? Like, why? why like I can't say anything besides why you know so why you know like I don't I don't get that part just why well, you know let me tell you so I know like for example this is like specific example so like in heterosexual relationships I know sometimes like the dude can be like oh um I don't like such and such I don't like your friend such and such and you like why like why y'all like what what did she do to you oh she a hoe I don't like how she you know she every time she go out she on this dude this dude this dude I don't want you hanging around it and I feel like okay well what does that have to do with me <laughs> like you like exactly. I don't know how to control myself like okay exactly. if, if my girl want to be a hoe why does that affect me exactly. Just because she, it's like like dudes I think they really believe in that whole guilty by association type of thing oh your I friend a hoe you must be a hoe too y'all out doing whole shit together honestly I don't know what they think but sometimes I feel like that's to cover up their own shit 
because again, we are all adults. You're not going to tell me because my friend is doing whatever she chooses to do that I'm going to trail behind her. What am I, 13? You think I'm going to do what my friend is doing on the just because we're friends like no what do you take me as a joke you don't like that particular friend because that friend might expose what you're doing in the sense of not necessarily knowing your business but if that friend is okay i'm trying not to say hoe because i just hate that word but let's just say that friend is a hoe because i just don't know any other term but for lack of better terms if that friend is a hoe and this friend have access to so many different um, men circles, that friend might end up getting access to your friend circle. And that might expose what you and your friends are doing. That makes sense? Just mm-hmm. like with, um, uh, I don't want to speak on celebrities, but one particular celebrity couple, she was in a girl group before him and he was up and coming rapper. And then once he got his bearings and, you know, became the rap star he is today, he did not want her to continue on with her music group. But coincidentally that group began to dismantle anyway, but she felt as though once they started getting their bearings back as a group and it was talking about touring and stuff, it was intimidating for him, be, not because she will be more successful, because if she's out on tour and they're running into all these different entertainment circles, guess who's going to be found out what they really own on the road doing? He will. So what I want mm-hmm. you to do, stay home. Don't be a part of this life directly. Like in, You're going to be in it because that's who you are. That's how you make your money with writing music and so on and so forth, but indirectly. But if you're directly in it, you're going to run into the same circles I'm running into, and it's going to be exposed what I'm really out here doing. That's what that sounds like to me. And again, don't put your cheating life on me. Right. And Um, you know, another thing, too, that I agree with is the fact that sometimes when we're in a relationship, you know, we be so in love that we look past ass bullshit or we like are blind to it for some reason and it's like sometimes that friend be like girl are you are you crazy like do you not (laughs) see what's going on and it's like like you said like the the other person can't handle that like let let me eliminate this friend because I'm trying to run my game and she was basically snitching me out or whatever yeah and it just it just comes out in the most absurd way I don't like her or him because of a b and c or but Listen, if if I if I feel as though my man friends will persuade him to do whatever that goes against our relationship, that says more about my man than it does his friends. You're that weak. You're mm-hmm. that you're the, well, I mean, what grade are you in? You have to do what your friends are doing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think as but as women we are more emotional we don't think logically and whatever it's just oh my god my man don't like my friend sis check your man and really right. pay attention to that so right. but you know going into emotional i think i cover a lot under emotional abuse so Bree, speak about sexual abuse <laughs> so sexual abuse um this one a lot of times you may not even realize that you're in a situation where you're experiencing sexual abuse. So sexual abuse could be like your person forcing you to dress in a sexual way. Like, oh, babe, go put on this little skirt. 
that I got you or put on this lingerie and it, and then, okay, again, it's nothing wrong with that, but if it's something that you're not comfortable doing, that's when it could be a potential sign of abuse. Like you don't like to wear, you know, tight stuff, short stuff or whatever, for whatever reason, that's just not your thing. But you notice that like your partner is always trying to convince you to do this and it makes you uncomfortable. So that's the thing about you being comfortable in the situation. Um, also insulting you in sexual ways. So like, Oh, come here, cunt. Get over here, slut. Mm. Oh, you hoe. Oh, you talking to you talking to your that dude? You a hoe? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dang, it's just my friend. Why I gotta be a hoe? Like, y'all love throwing that whole word around. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so yeah, just like you know, just calling you different names and things like that, um, or forcing or manipulating you into having sex or performing sexual acts. So I know one example that I can think of, like right off the top of my head, is when it comes to threesomes. Like I know, mm. you know, it's like a lot of men's dream to have a threesome. Every man wants two women, three women, ten women in the room with them. But ladies, if you are not okay with that or you feel uncomfortable, do not participate just to make him happy. That is a right. form of sexual abuse. Right. If you don't if you don't feel comfortable with that situation, do not do it. Let him know. And if it's something that is a deal breaker. Okay, bye. In the relationship, like don't don't um bend on something that you just are not comfortable doing just to please him. Uh, in particular, when it's when we're talking about sexual abuse, um, or even demanding sex from you. So let's say you know I like the example you gave about you work a night shift, you work you worked all night and you get home and he like oh no nah, I want some and you like no I'm tired you know let me get some sleep or whatever. Oh, no, nah, we finna do it right now. Like, you've been gone all night. I'm finna get some right now mm-hmm. or whatever. That is sexual abuse. If if someone is pressuring you or forcing you to have sex, I mean, bottom line is that is sexual abuse. That is not cute. Oh, my man, he must think I got good pussy. He always want. That's not cute, okay? Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> so, okay. They don't right, care. Like, lady, sorry. <laughs> right, right. Demanding to have sex with you if you're sick or tired, that is sexual abuse. It, it's nothing cute about that. Um, hurting you with weapons and things like that during sex. So, for example, you know, it's it's a big thing choking during sex or whatever. You know, that's cute if that's what you went to or whatever. But if you're not into that and that continues to happen, guess what? That is sexual abuse. Yeah. All right. Again, do not put do not compromise your comfort to please your partner during sex. If it makes you uncomfortable or you're uneasy about the situation. Then reevaluate that situation because, again, that is not that's not healthy and that is a form of abuse. Um, ignoring your feelings about sex. So you telling him, oh, you know, I don't like being choked during sex or I don't like when you go so rough, you know, be a little gentle. And he like, nah, this is my place. I do what I want to do. Or, you know, or it can even happen on the other side, you know, where the other um, part, the female partner is coercing the guy to do something sexual whatever anything that makes you feel uncomfortable again please evaluate the situation and remove yourself from the situation because that is not what sex is about sex is not about compromising and compromising is when you giving up something that you don't really want to do all right so you shouldn't have to compromise your comfort sacrifice Um, yes that's a good word as well sacrifice sacrificing your comfort to make someone else happy especially if it's something that you know you just are absolutely adamant about not doing um that also leads me to sexual coercion so let's kind of 
define coercion really quick. So coercion is someone forcing you to do something um, and kind of basically make you feel like you don't have a choice in the situation. So kind of like dangling something over your head or making you feel like, oh, if you love me, you would do this for me. And that is like the number one thing that a lot of people say, oh, if you love me, you would do this for me. Or they can even like hold things against you. Um, For example, oh, if you don't do this, I'm gonna go get it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And making you feel like, oh, I gotta act. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, manipulation um, is big. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and coercion can be verbal, emotional. It can make you feel pressure, guilty, or shameful for doing or not um, participating in a particular sexual act. Uh, so with that being said, that also makes me think about sex trafficking, human sex trafficking. So human sex trafficking is a situation where an individual is compelled to engage in commercial sex through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. So let's just unpack this just a little bit. So sex trafficking could be, for example, a situation, let's say you're with your, your, your person, your partner, and they're like, oh, you know, um, my homeboy, he just want to see what it's like a little bit. He just want to hit for a little bit or whatever. Let's invite him into our bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could be a form of human sex trafficking. Like, so many times, you know, we don't really think about situations where we could be in an unhealthy predicament or whatever. So, just be mindful of those different types of things as well. Um, I want to add to that. Yes, go ahead. Um, also, even if you're not in an actual relationship, but you've been dating someone for a while, and they start to pressure you and make you feel like you owe them with sex because they have taken you out on a few dates or have gave you gifts or monetary exchange. You don't have to have sex with that person. Yes, that is a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. And then also, you because you brought that up, you also just made me think about the fact that Sometimes, um, you know, and, and again, man, I'm going to pick on you again. <laughs> Y'all <laughs> like to be like, oh, well, I'm a man. I love having sex. This is something that, that I can't control this. This is something that I, I I have to do. I have to do this because I'm a man. It's just my nature. Like, no, no, that is not true. Like, so what you saying? You don't know how to control yourself? You're an animal? No. So, again, just just pay attention to those different warning signs and things like that. So even if your partner isn't forcing you to do sexual acts against your will, being made to feel obligated is coercion. I just really want to drive that point home as well. And so along with sexual abuse, there is reproductive abuse. So, J.D., let's talk about that. So reproductive coercion is a form of power and control where one partner strips the other of the ability to control their own reproductive system. So this is difficult to identify as coercion because other forms of abuse are often occurring simultaneously. Like Mm -hmm. typically you are outside of physical abuse you can't experience multiple forms of abuse at the same time. Well, definitely with physical because they're going to emotionally manipulate you to believe mm-hmm. that they won't do it again. So a lot of these uh, run into each other. 
So we print we print that stuff. Oh my god, that was such a tongue twister. <laughs> With <laughs> reproductive coercion, um, it can be exerted in many ways. Refusing to use a condom or any type of birth control. I remember in college, we were kids though. Um, one of my friends, she made the comment. I cannot introduce condoms into my relationship. My boyfriend to kill me. And yeah, that is so common though. It that's very common. That's very, very common. And I don't necessarily think that that was reproductive coercion. That was just more so of hmm. I don't know what I would call that because that is common for because you know the partner if you go so long without using condoms and in the moment someone introduced condoms automatically the other person would believe you're cheating on me yes they have an STI that you don't want me to get so you want us to use a condom until it clear up or whatever like their mind just go left with that um but definitely you find yourself having to sneak birth control that is reproductive coercion, for sure. Breaking or removing the condom during intercourse, oh my God. And I remember that was done to me when I was in college with this guy I was having sex with. He would, in the middle of sex, take the condom off. And you know when you're in the heat of it and you're getting ready to reach your climax, come on, are you really going to stop? You're not really mm-hmm. going to stop. And it's man that that's sad that's sad like looking back now if that is done to me it would be a problem back then I was just I foolishly enough thought that was a compliment I'm like oh you want to right but that shit is not cute like no it's not a compliment that is abuse you know condoms need to stay on unless both consent to taking it off that's just the end of that story um, lying about the methods of birth control. So, like for example, if you're lying about having a vasectomy or lying about being on the pill. So, you're you're taking the pill, but you're telling your partner that you're not on the pill. Or you had a vasectomy, but you're telling your partner that, what's, it, what's that? What's a vasectomy? I, I'm sure I can have kids. It's not me. It's you. But this whole time, you knew mm-hmm. you had a vasectomy. You know what I mean? Yes. That is, that's abuse. Um, refusing to pull out because sometimes people, couples will agree not to use a condom under the understanding that we will pull out and still understanding that if we pull out, there's still a chance of pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, just purposely reaching your orgasm while inside of that person's body well, we're talking about reproductive. So purposely staying in the vagina when you're getting ready to nut, like that, that's definitely abuse. Again, that's not, that's not a compliment. No, that's not a compliment. Um, what else? Oh, definitely forcing you to not use any birth control. Like it's to the point where you tell your doctor, you don't even want to talk about it. Or maybe they, they go into your doctor's appointments with you. Um, God forbid y'all share insurance. They're checking the statements to make sure you're not getting any type of prescriptions. Um, that's an issue. That is an issue for sure. You should always have the autonomy to choose what you want to do with your reproductive system. That's just I agree. That actually that statement just made me think about like 
sometimes in relationships, like, the guy will intentionally continue to impregnate his partner, I guess, to make her feel like, well, I now I have all these kids with you, so I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And that can, they can, they can also remove your birth control. If you have a ring or a patch, they can take it off right before sex. They can hide them because you just get the prescription and that is self-administered. They can hide them. They can even hide your pills. They can discard some of your pills. So now you have an inconsistent history of taking your medication. Um, Also sabotaging your birth control, poking holes in condoms, flushing pills on the toilet. Those are signs to watch out for. Like you, especially you like, wow, I know I didn't take too many pills or I know I put my birth control here. Why, why has it been moved and stuff? Cause they kind of do it in a sneaky way. Sometimes it's not in your face and sometimes it is in your face. Um, so you're not losing your mind if you are continually to misplace or lose your birth control. Something is happening. Um, monitoring your menstrual cycles. Oh my God. Sometimes, like, if you, uh, people can pay attention well enough to know when your cycle is coming and when is it and when it's ending. Um, but if they're being aggressive about it, that's something mm-hmm. to make sure you look out for. Forcing pregnancy and then not supporting your decision about when or if you even want to have a child. Like, oh, a, a man telling you or a woman telling you, I want you to have my baby. That's not a compliment. I thought that was a compliment too when I was when I was younger, later earlier in my twenties. But no. So you mean to tell me, assuming that we are not married, you mean to tell me you want me to have your baby, a lifelong commitment. We're gonna be this child's parents until we die. But you don't want to marry me? What do I look like? A baby maker? A fool? A damn fool? <laughs> like no, that's not how any of this work. You know so. Don't, don't be, don't be so, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't be so gullible to think that's the cutest thing, the best compliment you've received in your life. Get you some standards. If you think that it's a compliment, you need some standards. You just, you really need to get some standards because to me, to me, and I could, not for everyone, but to me, that is a complete slap in the face for someone to say, oh, I want you to have my baby, but not, I want you to be my wife. But, hey, it's your life. Forcing you to get an abortion or preventing you from getting one, that is huge. You know, abortions are definitely a tricky subject. Um, And depending on how far along you are, you may have to get a surgical or a medical abortion. And with both, you have have to recover emotionally for sure and also physically. Um, They both are painful, can be painful. So... That can be a telltale sign if you and your partner have sex every day, but then all of a sudden you need two, three, however many weeks to recover, you know, and and in addition to that, they're keeping up with your cycle. So, you know, they can put two and two together and that can trickle down to physical abuse if they discover that you did get an abortion or they're forcing you to get one and you don't want to. Um, continually keeping you pregnant every time you look up, you're pregnant. Um, due to all of the mishaps mentioned before, hiding the birth control, some of them going missing. You know, you are y'all using condoms, but holes are being poked in them, and you know, of course, 
you might not realize what's going on until you realize until you notice that you keep getting pregnant and stuff so you know reproductive coercion can also come in the form of pressure guilt and shame so just be careful just be very very careful of when it's time to talk about having a baby how is it being done how is it what's the tone what's the attitude and again after you leave that conversation do you feel good about yourself or do you feel bad about yourself pay attention to that breathe educate us on financial abuse <clears throat> so financial abuse is when an abusive partner extends their power and control in the area of finances so this can happen in a lot of different ways um this can be tricky as well so like for example let's say your partner um is the breadwinner in the situation and they're like giving you an allowance so to speak and they're just closely kind of watching how you spend it or you know like oh well where's your receipt for this like i know for example a lot of times like women make jokes about like oh i just went on a shopping spree but i i had to hide the bags because i didn't want my husband to see that I bought something, you know, and it there should be no secrets. And, and let's remember, again, as we're talking about these different warning signs to look out for, for these different types of abuse, th this is a holistic picture. So it's not just, you know, one little thing and it's like, oh, I'm in an abusive relationship. It's not like that. Right. You have to examine the entire picture and look at, you know, just look at the overall situation. Like, well, he don't trust me. We don't communicate mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, things like that. So just want to make sure we continue to put that out there but yeah so like if you, if you feel like you have to hide purchases from your partner or you feel like they're always asking you for receipts and again this is in a way of like oh let me see is that really how much you spent let me see the mm -hmm. receipt as opposed to like oh babe i just want to see so i can keep up with the spending or our finances or whatever so and um, also let me interject with that too because mm -hmm. sometimes as a couple you may have financial goals whether you all share have a joint account or not you may have financial goals and so you both are watching each other spending so i get it you right. may want to buy a few items and you may want to hide the receipt or get a red pen and change the price and say it was a sale i get it if y'all already have a financial goal and you're the one that's being sneaky and spending more than what y'all agreed upon, that's totally different. So if that's your situation, we're not talking to you. But even with that, though, Jazz, I feel like, why even lie about it? Like, okay, I know it's something I'm not supposed to be doing because of what we mutually agreed upon. But okay, boo, guess what? I just spent $100 in dealers at the New Year Day sale. Don't be mad at me. Sorry. <laughs> you know, well, whatever. Why <laughs> Yeah, because if we have a financial goal and we both agree, okay, we need X amount of dollars to reach this goal. So with that being said, we're not going to, this is our budget. This is our, this is our spending. After the bills are paid, after we save, this is our budget. You take your ass outside of our budget <laughs> and I find out it's going to be an argument for sure. It's going to be an argument because you're not focused. So we need to argue about you not being focused. And hopefully after this argument, you're going to get back focused and you will not do it again. Because at the same time, we do want financial health, right? Because, you know, it's always that one person who is more financially healthy than someone else. And so, you know, you want that, you want real 
power couple goals. So you have actual goals you're trying to do together so that you can have that wealth, trying to establish that wealth for your future. So I get it. Yes, if you go sneak your ass out to Dillard's outside our budget, it's going to be a problem. Don't, <laughs> so, don't be all cocky with me talking about, well, it's my money. that Because you're not focused. You're not focused. So let, let's also make sure that we put it out there that it is healthy to argue. You can have healthy yeah. arguments. So like in this example that that Jazz is talking about, you can have healthy arguments. You you can argue with me about me spending a hundred dollars, but the thing is, are you raising your voice at me? Is this prolonging? Like, is this turning into like this whole big ordeal that's completely ruining the rest of our day, week, or whatever? Um, are you putting your hands on me because I did this? Are you gonna damage the clothes that I just bought? Like, oh, you spent a hundred dollars, I'm gonna tear all that shit up or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's when it's unhealthy. So yeah. You know what? You could be mad at me, sweetheart. That's fine. But let's just yeah. talk about it. You know, maybe I won't get my hair done then so I can make up for you it. Won't. Whatever. <laughs> we have to recuperate from what you made us lose. <laughs> okay, but, fine. I agree to that. And 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 my so you know, all throughout the show I kept using the example. <laughs> Do you feel good after you left that? situation or do you feel bad about yourself after an argument i'm sure you're going to feel bad give it a day or two we'll have a long time. hopefully y'all don't have the relationship would take y'all forever to make up but you know you're going to argue make up discuss what happened what went wrong and then move on right agreed um so this is another one too like uh, you know, the other person preventing you from seeing or having access to their finances. So I feel like this could be tricky. Ooh. Ooh, because it's like, okay, it depends on, to me, it depends on where you are in the stage of y'all relationship, like where y'all are. Obviously, y'all just started talking. I'm not letting you in on any of my financial business. Now, but this is the difference. Like, you all have agreed that, you know, we're kind of starting to merge lives with one another. Mm-hmm. Whether that includes a marriage or not, y'all still kind of agree that we're merging lives. I need access to your accounts and, you know, all that you have going on, just like I'm willing to give you access to mine. And I feel like you prevent me from doing that. You have something to hide, which means you're being manipulative, you know. So or like placing your check in their bank account and saying, oh, no, remember, I did this for you. This mine, you know, like holding throwing things up in your face or whatever like oh you remember when when you were in school and I held you down now that you out of school every paycheck you make belongs to me that is not a healthy situation that's not cute that's not cute like oh well he did hold me down so now it's my turn no y'all made a mutual decision like you said you was gonna hold everything down so now you know I'm working or whatever let's let's you know continue to be a team Yes, and I have to add to this. Please add. <laughs> I am an advocate for the moment you all start getting serious. And I will put something concrete on it. You're deciding to have a baby together and get married. Shack up. You know, I'm, I don't judge anyone for shacking. That's your, that's your thing. But when y'all are starting to merge lives, I don't want to pass judgment, but you're going to do yourself a disservice if you do not know them financially. Agreed. You need to see. Don't don't let them tell you shit about what they do and don't have. You need printouts, what's currently in your bank account. I need to see your bank account, your savings account, if you have retirement accounts, your credit score, 
your last two check stubs, your W-2s. <laughs> I need to see all of that. And I do that. I need to see because people will lie and say they make $100,000 when they don't. And they're trying to get you pregnant. You don't want to be in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> and you find out, I got got Because I ain't do my homework. Do your homework. You have, because I'm telling you, they would, them, listen, listen, listen. Male, female, cat, and doll, hear me and hear me good. Look at that person, your partner, who you are trying to merge a life with. Look at all of their financial documents, and you bring yours to the table, too. Don't walk into a situation. Don't do that. Don't (laughs) do that. Do you know what this just made me think about? (laughs) So random. But the uh, Fall from Grace movie? Absolutely. Oh my God, this made me think about that because it's like they merged lives and she had no idea of his financial situation and this man ended up getting all this money from her, stealing all her money, stealing her house, everything basically that she had. So I, I definitely agree with you. No, I need to know your financial situation because it could be a situation where like, you know, um, what if you have, uh, I don't know, like the person that you're talking to they know that your family is pretty much known for being pretty wealthy or you know y'all have generational wealth or whatever and they trying to get in on that deal and they you know sweet talking you dating you sugar uh you know just doing whatever it takes to get you soft or whatever make you vulnerable and they like stealing money from you right up under your nose like no i need to know your financial situation um Right. Um, what's another one? Let's see. You know what um, you didn't discuss? What? Uh, about financial abuse. So I know, I don't want to speak for all women, but a lot of women have the fantasy of wanting to be taken care of, meaning they would rather Ooh. stay at home and Ooh. let their men go out. Be careful. Because you giving that person all of this control, you know, and Tiny, she made a really that good is point. a good point. Tiny said, when you let a man take care of you financially, that comes with them controlling you. Yes. And it's not a plan. A lot of times it's not a plan. They don't have the intent to financially abuse you, but you literally have given them the power of them dictating when you come and go, when you mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. when you don't. It's a lot. So always have your own like passive income. If you don't, if you don't want to, because right. I don't want to continue to work until retirement. No, but always have your own little coin, your own little passive income to whatever you know, so you can when you start to, you know poke his chest out you can punch that shit in <laughs> not literally <laughs> but <I'm just> saying. <laughs> no that that actually is a really good point and again remember it's all about the communication and just how you have to just pay attention to how the situation is unfolding so that it's perfectly fine if that was an agreement y'all had and there no one is trying to hold anything over your head but like jazz said you know when it comes to you no know, saying oh well i make the money I said, you can't do this, or I'm not paying for you to go here. I'm not giving you money for this. I'm not giving you money to go buy clothes or put gas in your car or whatever. I make the money. I control where it goes. That's when it's a problem. 
Or, um, oh, this is another good one that I just thought about. Living in your home and refusing to work or contribute to the household. So basically, you got a bum. You, you got a bed bum in your house. And they're like, I'm not going anywhere. Again, reminding me of a fall from grace. Like, that man was like, I'm not going anywhere. You still going to hold me down or whatever. Like, that is abuse. If you feel like you are the one contributing to the household, you know, and this is not an agreed upon thing. Because, again, you know, I know that those are stereotypical gender roles. But if you are, as as the female, if you're the one working, you know, two or three jobs because your man is refusing to work or whatever. And again, y'all didn't agree on that. That is financial abuse. And then he's like, you know, oh, no, nah, I'm not getting a job. Or or he could be manipulating you. Oh, I'm trying to find a job. You know, it's just not working out for me. Nobody calling me back. It's just a hard time. Like, that is definitely financial abuse. Like, if, if your man is going to allow you to struggle like that and, you know, make you the breadwinner and they're not trying to help you in any kind of way, that's financial abuse. And you can do bad by yourself. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Why well, work two, three jobs? Cause you paying a uh, electricity bill. Cause he always does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah. So just really. Um. Again, discussing finances and things like that is totally fine, totally normal, and we totally recommend that. But again, look at the holistic picture. Look at the whole picture and just, just you know, uh, examine it, evaluate. Sit back, evaluate, examine. Um, so the next form of abuse that we're going to talk about is what's called digital abuse. So I know that that may be unfamiliar with a lot of you all, but Jazz is going to break it down for you to make sure that everyone understands. So digital abuse is the use of technology such as texting, social media to bully, harass, stalk, or intimidate someone. Often, this behavior is a form of verbal or emotional abuse perpetrated online. Um, You may experience digital abuse if your partner tells you who you can or can't be friends with on your social media. Mm. Now, I do see this more so common with teenagers. It's definitely common among, I I don't want to say just women, but if you know your partner and this particular person have had a sexual history or you have been cheated on with your partner cheated on you with this particular person and you're like block them or delete them just to let y'all know that don't do anything that don't stop nothing blocking Mm -hmm. someone unfriending someone from social media deleting their number that doesn't stop anything. If someone wants to get in contact with someone, they're going to find a way behind your back. <laughs> so stop wasting your energy doing that. I recently had my my college boyfriend. We're still in contact. We're good. And his baby mama had him delete me from Facebook. Okay, girl, we still call and text each other just to say hello or whatever. It's not, it's not like that, like she thought. Or I don't know how he presented me to him I mean to her but that don't stop no show you waste your time getting mad and upset over a unfollow unfriend a block and they still be in contact um so just don't waste your energy on that um also people send you negative and insulting or threatening emails on Facebook messenger on your Twitter on your DMs and other messaging outlets 
um, especially if you try to cut off contact from your actual phone. They can't call or text you, so then they go to social media, make a fake profile, and try to harass you through there. Mm. Actually, cyberbullying as well. Um, you can also point out digital abuse as putting you down in their status updates. Like, they're just throwing shots at you, and people can kind of sense. Whether people know it's about you or not, you know it's about you. That's digital abuse. Um, sending you unwanted explicit pictures or messages and demanding some in return. I know at at some point it was popular in Jacksonville. Um, a particular guy, he was randomly sending women pictures of his penis. So think about that, but with a person you're in a relationship with or trying to get out of a relationship with mm-hmm. um, them doing that. Um, stealing your passwords, logging into your accounts and on your mm. different technology um, and hacking you or changing your passwords, locking you out, or they are copying your stuff to their phone. So I know like on iMessage, you can have a setting where your messages can go to a few places. So they put their information. So they're getting all of your stuff, which is so oh my god that's that's a lot that's a lot to go through i was just about to say that that is a lot and can we please can we please just again for the record make it known that this is not cute none of this is cute nothing about this is quote-unquote protection okay this is crazy this is abuse this is controlling this is overbearing oh my god going through your phone i don't care male female Ask for permission. And if you are adamant about going through your partner's phone because you feel like they are doing something, your feeling is good enough. And I, I understand how it is to want to actually know your feeling sometimes isn't good enough, but you have to trust yourself. And if you feel like your partner is stepping out on you, they are. Trust yourself. You should be enough. You have never failed yourself. You haven't failed yourself this far, so... You don't have to sit there and demand going through someone's phone. And like the old saying go, let that man cheat in peace. If you're not getting ready to leave the situation, all you're doing is letting him know or letting her know, I know you're cheating on me. I know you will never be faithful to me, but I'm still going to stay alone for the ride. The moment you go through drastic measures to uncover what they are really doing you need to leave not because it's quote-unquote abuse or toxic it's because you are setting the tone and letting that person know I will not put up with this but if you stay you're letting them know oh they gotta pass you know what I mean like it's like a child when children do something they have no business doing what do you do to let them know not to do it again you punish them but if you don't punish that child, they're going to continue on with that bad behavior. But when that child gets punished and they know, okay, if I do this tip, this type of behavior, I'm going to get in trouble. They're not going to do it again. I mean, the perfect world, of course. Right, so right, right. You have to do that with your partner. Let them know um, that you're that you're not going to take that. Um, also, and let's remember too, when we go through phones and stuff, and we start doing all that type of crazy stuff, like. That leads to when we talked about earlier that 
these different types of abuse can occur simultaneously. So, I mean, let's be honest. We go through our dude phone or he go through our phone. What happens afterwards? A big fight, a big argument. Sometimes it can get physical, definitely can get emotional, maybe even lead to the sexual coercion, reproductive coercion, like all those different things come into play. So, again, bottom line, don't don't put yourself in that situation. Right. <laughs> Oh, my God, this next example, this is really popular now. Um, using any kind of technology like GPS to monitor mm-hmm. your partner. So this is this is popular with on um, iPhone. They have, like, your fine yes. or some crap. Yes. I didn't even know people did that. Like, I always see the memes and the, you know, the jokes about it online. I did not know that was a real thing. Oh, my God. I, I still do not understand why you would need you you would have to I don't understand why you need your person's location coming to your phone 24-7 that will a- actually annoy me oh that's what it is it's not find your friends it's sharing your location indefinitely with your partner on your oh, iPhone oh yeah hell yeah. no like but why 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 can't you just call hey babe where are you why can't you do that? Or send a text. Why can't you do that? Why do you need... Now, I get it. If I'm somewhere I'm unfamiliar with, yeah, let me share my location with you until right. the other day or whatever. But indefinitely, you can definitely kiss my ass. I'm not doing that. I don't see any <laughs> point of that. Like, zero points. I mean, I, I don't know. When I, when I see adults do that, I immediately think about my kids. Because they do that. And to me, that's just childish. More of the story to me, to me, that is childish. Unless we have a reason, even if there's a history of cheating, you're, what, what are you going to do? If you see that they're at a location that you're unfamiliar with, you're going to stop what you're doing and go pull up? And then what? I know people who've done it. That's too much. That's <laughs> it too is. much. That's too much. Leave the relationship. Again, let that man cheat in peace. And that goes for male and female. Let them cheat in peace. Can we kind of talk about, too, the fact that a lot of times, like, people, I I honestly feel like some people think that toxic relationships are are good. Like, like, you know, like, it's what's in. Like, it's something that's, it's cool. Like, that's cute. Like, I know, like, a lot of times people will be in relationships knowing it's a toxic situation. Like, they'll be arguing back and forth on social media, notorious for doing this on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, or Twitter going back and forth. And then basically just letting the world in on like, oh, but we we back together. That's my man, though. That's my girl. Like, we we got it. You know, that's mine or whatever. And it's like, it's nothing cute about being in a toxic situation. There is nothing cute about that. I mean, it's, it's so fine. much energy required to be in a toxic situation. Like, I do not need anybody. I, I, like you said, it, it's a lot of work playing investigator <laughs> for your partner. Like, unless I'm getting paid to do that, I'm not doing that. I am not doing it. And I'm not going to lie. I used to do that. I was a clean investigator. But that took so much of my time and energy. I'm like, uh-uh. I need to be on somebody's clock if I'm going to be doing all of this. Like, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. It's nothing cute about being in a toxic relationship. Arguing and fight. Like, you know, people love to say the whole quote, oh, we, we break up to make up. Ain't nothing cute about that. <laughs> nothing it's not- at all. And, you know, I know this whole podcast was dedicated to abusive relationships. So our next podcast, we're definitely going to talk about healthy relationship and what it actually looks like and feels like and how you can enjoy it. Because it's 
Because being on both sides, I know what it's like to have a toxic relationship. And I now know what it's like to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your toxic experience can kind of affect your healthy experience. So knowing how to, you know, give someone else their free, their own chance and stuff. We're going to discuss that in our next podcast. Um, but to wrap up digital abuse is what it says. Abuse with technology with stalking, calling, texting, sending inappropriate pictures, everything that is that's basically harassment with technology. Be careful. And if you are someone that's actively actively trying to get out um out of an abusive relationship or get away from an abusive partner, please be mindful of using check-ins on Facebook and going live because you don't know how far that person is willing to go to get you. If you want to let the world know you are at Dunkin' Donut on Dunn Avenue, fine. If it's that serious, post it when you are long gone down the road on expressway somewhere else headed to another location. Don't post up in real time if you know your situation. All right? So, yes, um, a lot of these things that we talked about today, I know that they can be heavy topics. And sometimes it could be challenging to realize, like, dang, maybe this is me. Maybe I am in an unhealthy situation. So if you want to learn more or just, you know, do a little bit more research and and talk to someone to see, like, am I really in an unhealthy situation? Or, you know, first of all, I do recommend you reaching out to uh, trusted family and friends and things like that. Just kind of if you need help assessing your situation and things like that. And again, if you want to learn more, read more about relationships in general, um, you can go to loveisrespect.org. They have really good resources uh, for you to talk about domestic violence and just abuse and relationships in general. Now we are going to switch positions. All right. So when asked on Facebook, when you know deep down your partner ain't shit, what keeps you in a relationship? This is how one of our followers responded. Either children that were produced together or mainly that damn societal or sometimes family pressure that tell you to stick it out no matter what. In my mother-in-law case, for 20 years, it was due to not having financial stability. I will say, when you've actually had enough, it won't matter what anyone says or who is on your side. You will walk away with kids and all when it's your time. I have nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is the truth. When you have had enough, you will walk the hell away. Kids thing, and all. Right. And one thing I really like that this follower said is, um, you know, societal norms or family pressure that tell you to stick together no matter what. Like, you know, back in the old days, people be married for 60 years, 50, 40 years or whatever. And it's like, dang, how did y'all stay together so long? Like, Y'all never had any issues. And the reality is sometimes, yes, there were issues. But again, society, societal norms and family pressure told you, no, you stick it out no matter what. If he's yeah. doing this to you, stick it out. You can handle it. Like, I know um, I've seen plenty of movies. Like, I can't I can't speak of any real life examples, but I've seen plenty of movies where like the daughter will be getting abused in a relationship. I think this is actually a Tyler Perry movie. The daughter will get abused. Of course. A, a black woman getting abused? Of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the daughter was getting abused 
And she tried to um, disclose to her mother. You know, again, we talked about earlier disclosing to a trusted adult. She tried to disclose to her mother. And her mother basically was like, girl, that man make all this money. You live in this mansion. You driving this nice car. You better suck it up and take it. Like, no, like, no, 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 no. You do not have to take abuse. Again, regardless of what form it is in, please love yourself more. Like, these morgues are full of domestic violence victims. All right, and so then another one of our Facebook posts, the follower said, or the author said, sex and the thrill of the roller coaster. So essentially here- I agree, honey. I know, like, you know, a lot of times we joke about, you know, oh, toxic dick be the best dick, like. <laughs> yeah, it's thrilling. It's thrilling, for sure. Because, like, you never know what's the day. Okay, we happy today. Oh, we're going to flip the script tomorrow. Oh, we're going to make up the next day. It's it's just, it's, it's a roller coaster. And I know it sounds crazy. But when this particular person wrote their entry, this one sentence, it hit home for me. I know exactly what they meant by the thrill of the roller coaster. Like, it's it's just thrilling because you don't know what's going to happen next. It's like your life is a movie and you're just waiting like, okay, what's going to happen next? What will she do next? How will he respond? It's, it's crazy as it sounds. I, I can relate to it. I can relate to it for sure. Especially when I was younger. Now, I don't want the thrill. I don't. I want the thrill <laughs> of happiness and joy. Not that. You know what I mean? Um, The making up. The gifts. The, the affection that you wanted. Or whatever piece, whatever good piece of him that you wanted. That you get it for those moments. Mm-hmm. You know? Until it run out. And then, boom! Something happened again. And it's like, the, it, it starts over. Like, okay... Now how we gonna make up? Now what's gonna happen? Now what's gonna be said? Now what? Because you know sometimes people make up in different ways. You know sometimes the last straw might be, oh let me propose. I I ran out of all. I exerted all my options. Now let me propose. Sometimes it's how mm-hmm. people get their ring. You know it's like you get you get temporary luxuries, but it's not worth it. But it is thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to read more responses or share your calm diary with us. Like our Facebook and Instagram page at Calm Diaries, Calm is spelled K U M Diaries, and email your diary entry at Calm Diaries. Remember again, Calm is spelled K U M. So you can email your diary entries at Calm Diaries at AOL.com. Well, that was, you know, that was a heavy sex session. I don't even want to say that was a good orgasm. That was heavy. So we are going to leave you with some aftercare. To survive an abusive relationship, first acknowledge what is happening and stop making excuses for your partner. Talk to someone you trust or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Online chat is available 24-7. 365. Um, But if you are a loved one or a friend who is witnessing a domestic violence relationship, be a supportive friend by first never bashing the abuser. This will only make your friend or loved one shut you out. And you don't want that to happen because you may be the only person they have to confide in. Secondly, understand that sometimes it's okay to just be a listening ear. 
Learn to allow the victim to vent without you passing judgment on their choice of staying. Remember, everything is not meant for us to understand. And lastly, ask the victim how they want you to support them. Then do what they request if, it's, if it is in reason. I mean, of course, you don't break any law, but if it's in reason, reason, do what they ask. And if all else fails, you too can call the national hotline or the local police for an anonymous tip. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope that you are able to walk away with some good tips and uh, with a different perspective and lo- knowing how to identify these toxic traits or warning signs or actual abuse in your relationship. Well, we had a good time. Thank you so much for listening to our show, Come Diaries. I am JD. And I'm Bree. Again, thank you for listening to Come Diaries. Good night. Good night.